this is a family matter The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, then mine is a saga And we'll ride it long enough if they let you This is a family matter The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, then mine is a saga And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you Welcome back to Brian K. Pod, the internet's only podcast about the writer Brian K. Vaughn and his work, specifically with an issue-by-issue breakdown of his series Saga, as hosted by me, Spencer, and... I'm Logan. Yeah, we're the only podcast on the internet hosted by us about Brian K. Vaughn and his work. That's what we do. Um, Every uh, week-ish, I think so far we've done really well. Every week, uh, we are bringing you uh, a coverage of one issue of Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples' uh, prolific work, Saga, very famous work, one of the most popular series going right now. Just returned to your comic book stands last week with issue 55. Um, We are starting from the beginning, though. I've only read some of Saga. Logan is uh, totally caught up. Did you read issue 55? No, I keep going back and forth. Nobody on any feed that I'm active on in social media has posted anything about Saga. So I feel like I'm relatively safe for a while. There's a Saga Reddit I found, like a, a whole like Reddit group um, that they re- that Reddit recommended to me. It must know that we do this podcast because I don't think, I think the only other comic book thing I'm in is like the MCU uh, page. Um, anyway, um, but they were really good. They have really good like only spoilers in this conversation and stuff. Like pretty pretty respectful from a quick glance. I didn't dive in with Reddit. You just never know. But it seems like a pretty good group of folks that maybe if you're listening to this podcast, you're a part of. Um, but um, but yes, again, I I haven't seen people talking about it in a huge way other than I'm going hey, to get my bad. issue yeah. or I got my issue. <laughs> and I um, got mine. So fans, I go and fans of this book really don't seem to want to to do that to people you know like i've not run across any saga discussion where anybody was just a straight up asshole about anything so uh, you know what i would say is is similar to a series we've been talking about before uh in the early days of that series especially but game of thrones when there were book readers and show watchers were sort of two separate camps right Mm -hmm. um not not in combat but just sort of like uh you know you know internet combat um but but like the the book readers pretty much left well enough along except for maybe to say wait until you get to that uh what's probably going to be season three ending like 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 they they were a little bit of that going on but more like they were excited for what we're we're, what we were going to go through you know um And so, but but I feel like there's a similar vibe for the saga book readers, and they don't have any impetus to say I was here first because there is no adaptation to com- you know compare fandoms with. If that makes sense, because I think yeah, that's what happened to Game no, of Thrones as it got further in. Yeah, that they, it became about kind of gatekeeping, um, not as bad as like a lot of things, but um, you know, yeah, with saga, it doesn't seem like there's any kind of gatekeeping. I'm sure if you dig deeper and deeper into the fandom there probably is um but yeah any fandom right like any fandom's got its bad seeds but but it seems i think you're right generically or generally not generically you guys are special and important um but but generally saga fans seem to be like a good breed yeah um and (laughs) for anybody who does gatekeep i've been known to do it with star wars so you know (laughs) we're not all innocent (laughs) (laughs) everybody hopping on this new wookie train i'm just like screw you guys (laughs) i was there before you (laughs) he's from the comics (laughs) logan what's your website with all your star wars coverage so if people want to hear you get grumpy somewhere else (laughs) xwingfiles.com hey that's actually our website isn't it i should not have said that like we're we're on that website too (laughs) uh they're they're the host of this podcast but yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I'm, it's going to come up. We're talking Book of Boba Fett right now, me and Jacob, and that that's going to come up. <laughs> it's like, this Wookiee's awesome. Like, yeah, it was awesome three years ago. <laughs> I am sort of glad, though, that we're hearing his name said out loud, though. So, yeah, because I just kept calling him Chrysanthemum. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, 
So we're not here to talk Star Wars, though. Please check out the xwingfiles.com. It is the, right? There is a the. How did I mess this up, Logan? I'm so sorry. No, it's just xwingfiles.com. Sorry, I was taking a drink, right? It should ask me a question. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so xwingfiles.com. Check that out for more. I'm on some of that stuff, too. So if you want to hear my voice for some ungodly reason, talk more. You can find me there, too. I don't know if I'm in the episode description. So listen to every episode just for Logan. (laughs) Um, And rate and review them on on whatever podcatcher out there that doesn't um, uh, inspire rage in your social justice core. (laughs) this week um, yeah that's no, right so um, <laughs> we got to remove ourselves from spotify now i mean i don't even li- think you can find us like it takes a lot of digging yeah i, I think we're like miles beneath joe rogan um <laughs> literally if you did it single spaced printed out miles beneath um so so anyway uh, but but yeah rate and review this show so we hear from you you wonderful saga fans we would love that uh, what we're doing here is basically a spoiler deep dive of each issue so today we're talking about issue or issue four chapter four of saga um in its entirety we won't talk of Ford in the series. So if you're newer to the series like I am, I read about the first two uh, small trades worth uh, originally and have not done that in years. Logan is completely caught up except for the most recent issue that just came out last week, as he mentioned, um, or last week as of this recording. I should not date ourselves because we're a little ahead sometimes. Um, and so he knows some things and he might allude to things, but we're going to talk those kind of allusions will be more in thematic ways and not actual plot points because this is a series that is really, really rich in subtext as well as a really exciting and fun text. <laughs> Hold on. You say rich in subtext, but yeah. the first page of this issue has no subtext <laughs> well that okay let's let's dive in logan's gonna laugh at me and just ruin my vibe of my english professory vibe and so let's move in the first you're right page, you're right it no, is no, no, no 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 logan i challenge you in three sentences or less to describe accurately the first page of issue four <laughs> okay okay so it's three sentences says- i'm gonna count it says, welcome to Sextillion, and it's two very long-legged women with just giant heads for bodies and giant mouths. Big <laughs> eyes, and I guess except for stockings and high heels, they are naked. And They, they do have saying, earrings. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Sextillion. What's the subtext? <laughs> What? Where? Where are the genitals, Logan? That's the subtext. <laughs> Underneath their chins. They don't matter. That's the point, Logan. That's the <laughs> subtext here. Okay. Okay. I can. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can. I can go with that. I'm yeah, glad it, you it can because is... that's total BS. But I do have. There is a moment on page two to tell you. You know, there is subtext here. We will be adults about this. But I was curious. Do they have butts? And there is a shot from behind, and clearly they don't. They have the back <laughs> nope. of their necks. <laughs> it's a very strange opener. Um, I have to give you a, a peek behind my experience in that, A, I did not remember this issue as it is at all. Um, I, I definitely remembered it as I think the reputation of Sextillion has in the world, um, of like this like totally like debaucherous, crazy, wild, sexed up like planet. That's like all I had in my head. So this whole issue was a total like, as I'm going along, I'm, wait, something different is going to happen. And then like, it kind of came together. Obviously, it came together when the story told me it, it all came back to my memory by telling me itself. Um, but the opening to l- last week, we finished the issue and I just flipped to look at the cover, not thinking that the front first page would be a big shocker. <laughs> and was like, what? in the hell am I looking at? <laughs> it was a while. And I just had to close the book. I was like, I can't do it. Cause if I look any further, I will read this whole next issue beforehand. <laughs> um, the cover does not really, it, the cover is great. It's one of my favorite of the earlier covers. Mm-hmm. Um, and their covers are always really kind of basic in the best way possible. You yeah. Know, very just, stark and primary and yeah. very post, like they could all be posters. All yep. of them. And like if I were in college when this came out, um, fun story about me, I worked for a now bankrupt and gone uh, photo company um, and I would take images, JPEG images, high res of comic book things and print them out, which was not technically allowed. I paid for my print, but I wasn't supposed to print those things (laughs) because they're copyrighted and I would have them as posters in my in my room. 
um, I actually had the whole final page. Or uh, so in New X Men spoilers for Grant Morrison's run on New X Men when um, uh, Wolverine walks Jean into the sun, that whole multiple page. That was one of my favorite. Yes. Couple, I printed all that out in eight by tens and had it framed and kind of put in panels like steps on my wall and caught like this. I was such a nerd. But well, I would have. Why did had, I not know you then? <laughs> I lived in Kennesaw at the time and was probably, uh, well, let's just say not of my right mind half the time. So, um, but <laughs> I would have had these printed in some fashion, probably big 16 by 20s. Cause we had like a big printer that could do up to 24 by 36, but I did pay for the print itself. So it was very expensive to go beyond that. But I would do, I would probably have big prints of all these posters is what I'm trying to say. Oh my God. That would have been amazing. There's so many comic book panels. I would have had printed out. <laughs> I have, I still have some sitting, sitting around here. The only problem is, um that i went i was going through at that time scott pilgrim was still ongoing and so to date me or age me or whatever um so i know i still have some pages that are just scott pilgrim pages and panels from that book um and so i wish that i had been beyond that because now that book is fine i don't have any negativity i just don't care like i used to yeah <laughs> so i wish i wish i had that but unfortunately i, I wish I don't. I don't have the X Men pages. It's just one of those give and takes. So, yeah. Anyway. Unfortunate. But anyway, let's get back to Sextillion as they <laughs> sing in, in chorus. Um, I will go ahead and give away that my first. Um, uh, I think my favorite panel slash page this week will not be a big splash page. So don't worry, I will not be coming back to this first page later because I find it so unnerving. <laughs> Very much so. Um, and so I do think it's very funny that there's a giant hole behind them in the ground. Did you notice that? Yes. <laughs> What's that all about, Logan? Is that subtext? Or is that I just guess. or is that jokey metaphor? Because that's kind of what I think it is. Um, yeah, I, I think Fiona Staples probably had a lot of fun um coming up with craziness for this specific issue. I would love to know uh, like how she felt about uh, doing this and playing with like just expectation and knowing that you know comic readers are predominantly male though not necessarily for this series um yeah it just yeah I, I would love to have a conversation with her just about this issue <laughs> Yeah, and also like how I would love to hear how much and and I've got to I've fallen down on my research job and I, I will do this uh, very soon. But I w I'm curious that they've got to have talked about this issue at some point because this issue has a reputation, just it's known in the world uh, of comic books. And I and I have to I'm curious the creative process of how much they talked about what they were going to do and how much um, Vaughn left some creation in her hand. Like where where's that divide in some of this stuff? I'm very curious. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this one, this is our first issue where, like, we start with the will, and and we're diving into to his psyche. Maybe we're definitely more in his experience of of action than than we've ever been before. Um, and so basically, he's come to the sextillion, which is ex exactly what it sounds like. Um, and and um, he's he's ready to party. Basically, he's ready to let loose. Yeah, and kind of, we we know he's in a bit of a depression, so clearly this is a, like, I'm going to just follow this and, you know, be as depraved as possible. Um, it's kind of his his uh, thought process, He but he's not so down in the hole that he doesn't make a bad joke because they said, you know, they say, Ooh, a big bad freelancer. Are you here to tie us up and spank us? And he says, sorry, ladies, we're not here for business. Just pleasure. And, and the lying cat doesn't say lying, which I really like. And right. I think is, so it's funny coming into this conversation. I had a question about the end of this issue of whether or not he knew he was coming for this purpose. And, and he says, so at the beginning of the issue, sorry, ladies, we're not here for business, just pleasure. And the lying cat, the lying cat does not say lying. Um, so I think that answers my question that he stumbled into a moment at the end of this issue that we'll get to in a little bit. Um, Cause I have wondered that since I finished it uh, and I was going to pose that question to you, but I feel like I've just answered it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a smart yeah, book. Absolutely. Go figure. Very. Brian K. Vaughn being smart. 
By the um, way, if you guys want to hear us stop talking about Brian K. Vaughn, get him on the show, and we'll put this podcast to bed immediately. That's our rule. So when I talk so eloquently about him, just quote me. He'll want to come on and talk to us. Eventually. Hmm. Um, or we'll track him down at a convention. Um, yeah, I, I love all of the stuff with the, the Will and Lion Cat. And, like, <laughs> it's... It's such a Han Solo thing to bring up Star Wars and just be like, oh, Wookiees aren't allowed here. You're going back. Why don't you just take my weapons with you when you go? Like, So uh. good. <laughs> and, the, and the you would have had a lousy time anyway, followed by the lying, is a great one-two joke, but also very Han Solo and, and Chewie. Yep, yep. Um, I, just watched, um, I just watched a movie over the weekend, a 2021 uh, release called Zola. Um, and have you heard of Zola? Do you know what this is? Yeah, I've heard it. I've seen it pop up on various places and so I've not it, gotten around to it. It's based on a very famous Twitter thread of all things. And the movie's kind of also got a, like this notoriety because it's a movie based on a Twitter thread, um, where, um, a, a, a woman talks about her experience, um, going to Florida under the pretenses of, uh, with, with a new friend, with the pretenses of stripping for the weekend and making a lot of money in just one weekend and then coming back. And then everything about that trip, which honestly you hear that you're like, yeah, that's all going to go wrong. Um, and it all goes wrong, but it goes wrong like in layers upon layers upon layers of wrong. Um, but the the thing that comes to mind is looking at these two and, they're, and the way they're talking to him is how the main characters in Zola talk to their customers before everything goes wrong. Like even like there's a panel where the, the, one of the, the ladies, the leg people <laughs> says, um, you want to come, don't you? And she's got this kind of look in her eyes and like the eyebrows raised. And it is like straight out from that movie. So I thought about that movie in a lot reading this issue. <laughs> um, yeah. I, it, it, so reading, reading it made me think that like, What's, I guess it's, it's, I mean, it's a space brothel, you know, really. And yeah. we're kind of seeing something similar in the book of Boba Fett, not to keep bringing up Star Wars, but I was trying to think of like, do we have, like, uh, they have stuff like that in Vegas. And of course you hear about in other countries, but like, do we have anything like that? That, and then I was like, oh, OnlyFans, OnlyFans is kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Just without the in-person. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, I mean, I guess I don't actually know their probably all digital, some version. So, um, yeah. So it's very, uh, and you can kind of see how people get caught up in the craziness of that and wind up like so far down like a rabbit, like places they never thought they would go or debt that they never thought that they would accrue. <laughs> and yeah. suddenly, you know, some dude's breaking your legs. So. <laughs> or just charging your credit card endlessly. Yeah. Um, so we get our first bit of narration from Hazel on page three. We spent a lot of time talking about just the first three pages of this book. Um, and so, uh, but it's funny because it's right at the end of that joke of sending the lying cat away and saying you would have had a lousy time anyway. Um, Hazel says, doesn't matter if it's personal or professional, a good partnership takes work. Um, and so that's a funny joke to the Will and lying cat kind of in, in you know, in conjunction with that and us knowing we're about to go into uh, the idea of Alana and Marco sort of working out who uh, this other woman is. And um, and so it's very funny kind of setting up conflict between these partnerships, but also makes me think, as we talked about last week, what kind of foreshadowing does that do for Hazel? What kind of partners are she, is she going to find? Is Isabel the, the horror, the ghost? Is she in reference? Like, is that what she's referring to? Is it someone else? I'm curious about at some point, does Hazel grow up? When does Hazel grow up? Um, I'm I'm looking forward to kind of seeing more about that um, because I feel like there's seeds planted here. And if this book is to go on for ages and ages, um, as the, as they've talked about in terms of the length of the actual series, um, that we could see some of that come to fruition. So it's something just to put a pin on to think about. Not only uh, is it a fun joke with the lion cat and the will, and then going right to her parents, but then I think about what's the foreshadowing there? What's her future bring to her? Yeah, I can't really talk about that. So. No, no, that's fair. That's a good. That's a perfect response. Um, 
I will say I honestly didn't think about it in any foreshadowing way, but when you put it like that, yeah, it is kind of interesting. It's I, um, I'm on high alert, not so much in like a, a Sherlock Holmesy way, but more of a just like this is interesting, and I feel like they're planting a lot of seeds, and I would like to see how that all plays out. Yeah, I just had the funny thought of like, what if this <laughs> the series ends in one big like weird joke where she it's just her as an 80 year old woman telling her grandkids how you know she met how i met her, your father yeah <laughs> like <laughs> years ago vaughn um, watched how i met your mother and went i can do that better and in space um i mean it's not gonna be um it, i mean it might be an 80 year old hazel telling her life story but uh it, it won't be that so um of all of the 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 notions that Hazel kind of throws out there that we've talked about, like talking about partnerships and parents and uh, raising a child and all that stuff. This one was the first one that I was just like, I, not to insult anybody, but I feel like it could have been more like, that's not really an eye opening statement. I don't think <laughs> so. And I guess they don't all have to be. That's me just being like, but this book is giving us so much in three issues. <laughs> give us more. Give give us everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, good partnerships always take work. Anybody who doesn't think that is an idiot. So. But, you, but you know, lots of people don't think that. Most of the people think good partnerships take supplication. Oh, well, no, I didn't realize that. I, well, that maybe that's why I don't have a good partner. So. I think it's like what what – why don't you do this for me? Why don't you this for me? Why don't you change for me? Why don't you blah, blah things like that? Seems like that seems very common in people's relationship problems. Um, and, and people speaking different languages, uh, I guess literally and figuratively, but figuratively, um, but, and, and not realizing they're doing that, but saying that the other has to bend to mine. And, and that's sort of, I think that's very standard. Um, and, and so I think that, you are right. It's a very simple concept, but it's uh, it's very important because it's so simple. It's overlooked sort of like uh, children, right? Like they're so innocent and good and you just sort of don't pay attention to them. Sometimes um, people don't and then they get neglected because they're just like taken for granted. that They'll be fine. And I think it's a, it makes sense that that's not how it should be. But how often is that how it is? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Hemingway approach, fair. not the Vaughn yeah. approach. He's he's been doing the Vaughn thing. This is the Hemingway approach. Yeah, I, I completely uh, retract my statement. Like it is simply said and a simple concept, but you're right. People don't understand that they are also having that they, they also need to work at the partnership. I also so let me ask you this um, because in, all you have to do is say yes or no. Do you know at so you well it sounds like you don't but you don't know when Hazel is writing this correct? No. Okay, so that's that's another thing where I'm going like how old, how young, how what what does she know? Uh, she has says some good things, but some of this could all be from a young age and a young perspective where it's simple. So that also makes me curious about the future, and I don't really get very involved typically in the plots being like so what's going to happen in the future um at, at worst i'm very obsessed about the next episode or the next issue but not necessarily the next season and so but i really am thinking about what's her perspective where is she coming from um, and what age and that sort of thing um as i read her writing yeah um I, i'm really interested to get to that point but i do feel like we're not gonna know until the end no, that's fair. That that's totally fair. Um, this one, this is. I will say this to actually go along with not not necessarily criticism, but um, lesser this time around. But it's kind of by necessity. This is also the first time I felt I felt the need to catch the reader up in the narration, um, like in the writing. So like that, mom was on beginning to realize on the other side of the galaxy where my father was still fighting for his life with the help of my new sitter. And it's like catching you up, right? Which is sort of the classic like X-Men stand around for three pages of every issue telling you what just happened in the last issue so you can understand the convoluted plot of what's going on in this issue you're in. And <laughs> that's that's happening here. Um, and it's, it's the first time I've felt it. Like it's not a bad thing. It's just an interesting thing. It's a it's a it's a hard thing to do, and it's a hard thing to pull off very consistently. But this is the first time I felt that narrative catch up in the issue. 
Yeah, and so it's it's smart to, sorry, you're going to hear the dog barking in the background. It's smart to do it with this issue because the uh, by issue four, um, this, I'm sure they didn't know it when they were producing it, but the series had taken off to a point that, you know, the first issue had gone back to print a few times and wasn't necessarily like really available to anybody and by proxy the second and third issues also catch heat so when the fourth issue is coming out you do kind of need like if people want to jump on and start reading but they cannot get their hands on the early issues yeah then you you have to have a way to kind of like get them up to speed and not and not do the standard like our story so far or the Star Wars scroll or you know something like that to to give you a rundown. So no, I, I totally agree. I think that's very absolutely accurate. It's the kind of thing that that great comic book writers factor into what they're doing, and they understand that. And this is why I always think you should write a comic book. But um, but but I think that he gets that, and and I I totally see and agree with what you're saying. And and it doesn't take anything away from the the book. It was just the first time I noticed it. I thought it was an interesting asterisk. I want to ask you a question though that's not to do with this issue that you just brought to mind. Would you ever hypothetically want to read, or would you want him to even take the time uh, to to have to write uh, a Brian K. Vaughn Star Wars series? Oh yeah, I would love to read something in the Star Wars universe that he wrote. Um, preferably not with any characters that we know, because I think he would be good at establishing a you know a new set of characters. So. I'm I'm with you, but I also this is what I'll this is what I'll put on the the yes the yes and or yes but is that uh, thinking about when he joined Lost when Lost needed some help kind of keeping its bearings um, I also wouldn't mind him taking over with something that takes place right after the rise of Skywalker and sort of correct that ship a little bit. <laughs> I think he could finesse it, even if it's like ten years later, um, and yeah. just sort of say, "Here's what Ben's doing. Here's what Ray's doing." And here's how they got okay. Kylo Ren from the world between worlds and everything's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would take that. I, not, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of done with them playing with the original trilogy characters. Yeah. Definitely new trilogy. I would take that because we know so little about them anyway. Yeah. So. Anyway, that was just that came to mind over the the course of the last of the time between our last recording. I was just thinking about that, and because this is very much a Star Wars kind of thing saga, it's just a very adult version. Um, and um, so I was kind of like, what I even want? Because we have this. What I want that? And it's like, would I ever really not want more Brian K. Vaughn working with stuff that I already like? <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of what I came down to. Um, so that's our so so catching back up with with. Um, Alana and Marco. Marco wakes up, but most of those two pages are spent sort of catching us up. Um, Alana didn't know Marco uh, was ever married. Um, and I, I do love Isabel sort of still kind of uh, explaining being a mom and that being yes. very frustrating. <laughs> that joke carrying over. Um, you're supposed to switch boobs 10 minutes ago. That's very funny to me. Um, and then Marco wakes up and he's freaked out uh, by the ghost. And um, so he, he's awake, they see each other, they kiss, and then there comes the turn. Um, I'll explain everything after you tell me about Gwendolyn. <laughs> and um, so ah, to me that, fuck. yeah, so good. So good. So funny. It's good timing. And now to me, um, as, you know, we've had the first three pages with the will. That's all good. Then we got to get our catch up. And now the, the issue is off and running at that point um, for me. Um, and we're back to, to Sextillion and lots of uh, interesting pictures here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, it is just what, three or four pages of the will wandering through all of that <laughs> yeah it's three pages mostly with uh, almost all except for the last panel with no dialogue um basically it, it's a perfect like everywhere he goes there's anything that uh he could uh, let's say let's say imagine in this world of aliens and creatures and other things too um that that um it's just anything goes whatsoever um and and he's just walking around he's got this uh 
the I didn't I'm trying to look and see if I've seen earlier, but it looks like the Will's like hood is a mask. Yes, is, he, it is a mask. We have not seen him with the mask yet. Okay. So it's interesting that that must come from the original design of the character. Mm-hmm. And so that they knew it was always there. It's not because I never noticed that before, but you do see him with the hood on at some point. And like originally, I remember thinking like, since when the hell does he have a hood? Well, since the beginning, <laughs> I just never noticed it. Well, he, so this is so this is what I sort of I'm going to say a character name and then we'll come back to that. I'm saying it so I don't forget to come back to it at the end of the issue. I'm going to say Batman. OK, and then I'll come back to my Batman thought at the end of the issue. But I, I saw that and thought Batman um, and then we keep going. Um, he, so, so the will is walking around. I expected. Um, basically however many pages, but the will being involved in all of these panels based on his anticipation of getting here, but he's not, he's just walking through. And then we get this sentence from behind. He turns around. He never looks pleased. He's very much the, the, the bald or the shaved head, um, Clint Eastwood. Um, you look disappointed. Um, and, and we turn around and we get this guy. Uh, I love the sort of fishy fin ears. The design is so yeah. good. Um, it's like the kingpin, if the kingpin were from the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> yes, I like that. That's a good, that's absolutely, he's even got a cane um, that looks, it's hard to tell how decorative it is and how much it's uh, just a, a showpiece. Um, or, or let me rephrase it, how, how decorative or how necessary it is. Um, and, and the will complaints. I thought Sextillion was supposed to have everything. This all feels a little safe. Now, Logan, question. You have a much different life than me these days. Um, <laughs> would, would you describe this, this these scenes, uh, this specifically centipede lady, <laughs> as safe? No, but I, I get his, like, this whole idea of, like, he came here uh, in the middle of this, like, depression and seeking like to just drag himself down into the most depraved things and what he's seeing is not what he feels is depraved so yep and and this guy it's like he's uh he he was he knews he knews he knew what uh the in his mind what the will was looking for uh and he does that thing it's very tropey it's the guy it's the pimpy guy who kind of is like no i i know what you need i know what you, he uses the word he kind of drops that word it's just bold and italics hurt someone you know you just spoken to like a man who just got hurt and then he says see which is look at the bold like if you have the book in front of you he says and on that page he says here's the bold words hurt then he says see then he says lover and then he says at the end slave girl every red flag ever shot in the air for me like at this point in this page do you remember when you originally read did you absolutely know where we were going with this um yeah i didn't know that it would be like that bad but i was like oh this is gonna be um but i I mean it does that that saga thing and it it goes it it gets worse than you even expected but also does this turn that i didn't expect so i really like that i love this this sort of juxtaposition that, that vaughn's just got such great comedic timing in comic book stuff so like we've got the the lion cat lying joke with hazel saying you need partnerships take work and then it cuts to to her mom and dad who are about to face this this challenge between each other and then at the end of this creepy page which sent so many red flags up he says there the our character who's unnamed um but our 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 fish kingpin let's call him that our fishmonger let's call him the fishmonger um (laughs) The fishmonger says, uh, come on, let's me and you go a little deeper. Cut to blarga blarga boo, <laughs> <laughs> which is just the pure baby talk. And, um, and and I love that. I also think that um, there is some element of uh, – so Isabel says, who's my smushiest bundle of joy? Who's got – Who's my weird little goober boo, gooberoo? <laughs> and I can't even say it, but she's just baby talking, right? And there's cu- it's cute baby stuff. There's stuff about. Uh, okay, we talked about. I have a point with this. We talked about Vaughn becoming a parent, and we feel like he must be a parent. So we looked it up. He's got two kids. 
And I will say, I don't know how it is just being an uncle. I, I, I was an uncle before I was a parent, but not with, I was an uncle-in-law, not an uncle like to like my siblings' kids. Right. It's, it's a little different. Um, and, 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 and not in every family, but in my, it's just in my experience, it's a little different. Um, and, and so, but when you have a kid, the first thing that happens when you're with that kid out in the world is that every, you're like the Terminator with your eye vision and everyone's a potential threat everyone and i feel like there's an element of that vaughn with what we're going to get to at the sextillion and kind of comparing or, or or the contrast of that creepiness and that feeling to how cute and sweet this baby is it's like you start thinking everyone could hurt my baby why would someone hurt my baby what is wrong with people in the world what it like it, it, it's this thing that I feel like is playing out this fear and parenting that sort of, this is the thing, this issue that um, is about becoming a parent that Vaughn's talking about in Saga. Cause we've been talking about that every issue. Um, and the yeah. partnership thing is not it. Cause I think there are fantastic single parents out there who may have friends in a tribe that help them, but don't have their partner. Right. And so, so I think this is the thing that he's really talking about in terms of parenting is that fear. And he's not talking about it directly, which is interesting because so much of the storytelling, this issue is on its sleeve. And, and so, but I think that's what's happening here. This, this contrast between um, go a little deeper and then the blarga blarga boo and like the whole thing or blue, it's not boo, it's blue. <laughs> B-L-O-O. That's a good one. Um, gotta, I have to use that on my kid. See how he likes it. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that, um, if you're a new listener, something we've been talking about every episode so far is that um, I have a three-month-old and I have a six-year-old, but I have a three-month-old. And so it's really kind of comparing having a kid um, and and what's happening in the series is what we've been talking about, what Logan and I have been talking about week to week. Um, it just kind of comes up as like a little mini segment. And I wanted to kind of point out that I felt like that was the parenting thing, this issue. Yeah, 100%. Uh, completely agree with you. Um it, it is interesting to have this specific juxtaposition, like you said, mm-hmm. because, I mean, short of, I, I, honestly, I don't even think the, I don't know, I'm not a parent. The death of your child is an awful thing to think about, but the kidnapping, enslavement, and, yeah, like, what everything. we're leading, like, that that's uh that's like uh, no like that makes me want to like step in front of a bus like <laughs> you know not you know it's not just awful series, to think about it's just like uh, uh, uh. i'm gonna bring up the holy uh liam neeson taken series um and say that uh that you know those movies are what they are on the surface they are fine they are just you know fine but the reason they are successful and and seen as much more than fine and so many people saw that especially that first one is because instinctively we if you're watching it you were a child once and there's a good chance you've been around children and you may have children like the odds are really favorable for one of those things and and therefore you really relate to the idea that if the worst possible thing could happen to you happen you want your dad to be as tough and as like skilled as Liam Neeson coming to save you. It is a base thing that everybody gets, no matter you're like, if you like comics, if you like movies, if you like only books, if you only like me, like whatever it is, that's the, everyone gets it. And, and it, this is all sort of playing in that realm, this issue. And it's, it's done very well because it's unsettling. If it was comfortable or just some sort of satisfying revenge thing, I wouldn't call that done very well. This to me, it's unsettling and it's very, I don't know, it's really well done in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so to kind of change, I guess go a little bit lighter. What yeah. did you think about Marco's uh, confession? <laughs> Even though it's not really lighter, it's still like, you know, like, no, no, damn, no. dude. <laughs> no, it's good. I like that. I can't, I'm not clear on exactly how long their relationship has been going on. I don't think they've been together that long. Um, at least nine months or yeah, let's exactly. say at least 10 to 11 months. 
there you go. That's that. I'm good with that. And we'll probably find out in three issues that her gestational period is three months or something. But, um, but yes, I agree. It's, 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 let's say 10, 11 months, maybe a year. Um, but he's also been a prisoner. Their time together has been very valuable. Um, and he, he's a total dude about all of this. <laughs> and that's very fun to watch. Um, but I'm, I'm going to speak in his defense, okay. even though like, he clearly misunderstood, like to borrow a TikTok term, he misunderstood the assignment. But he does say, I tried to talk to you about this, and you said our past should just be in our past. Now, he shouldn't have given he, her the rings. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the dude thing. Like, I, I, I agree with you. I think there's gray area there. Um, and, and I think that I, I would love to hear if there are any ladies listening who are like, you obviously are two dumb dudes. <laughs> Yes, because he misunderstood. Here. Like in hindsight, I can see misunderstanding the assignment. <laughs> yes. So, um, like if you had understood what she meant was like, I don't need to know how many people you've been with. However, telling me that you were co- in a committed relationship at the time would have been the thing to do. <laughs> yes, and I, now I do think that the again, once again, the cool thing these rings together are translators is that how i understood this it's a they're enchanted with a translator spell and so that seems like i actually very much agree that that would be useful and and that's exciting to kind of see how that plays out but i i really really do love alana's sort of response to all this is great so we can add scorned woman with missing family jewels to the long list of people who want us dead Yep, that's such a great line. Um, you can <laughs> I, absolutely. I feel I'm like, uh huh, another bad guy, sort of. You know, yeah. In the but in this world, I don't know if they're all bad guys, but they're definitely another person coming after our people. Um, and so, um, but I do. The one thing I will say is I don't question Marco's feelings or intentions. Um, and and it does feel very much like he uh meant well. And I feel like Alana is a little bit smarter than Marco, and she gets that he also meant the right thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah completely. Um, she, she, she doesn't back down so much as just like accept how stupid he is. <laughs> yes, and that she loves him and she's going to be with him anyway. Yeah, and, and her for a pacifist. You beg to get stabbed a lot. Uh, such a good line. Um, and then it's got the the rim shot of ding on the next panel as the elevator opens with the will. Yep. Um, so I don't. I find so. Let's. I'm gonna guide this along if you don't mind and try to make this one a little shorter because we spent a lot of time in the preamble, but I don't want to spend like it's it's very unsettling. I gotta give if you're cool with that. I'm just gonna I'll jump in. You add whatever you want to. Yeah. All of this stuff is super unsettling. It's incredibly well done because of un- how unsettling it is. But essentially, we find out exactly what we thought was happening, um, that our fishmonger has uh, a six-year-old girl waiting for the will. And um, honestly, there there are three pages where I'm going, I don't know what's about to happen. And I'm very uncomfortable. Um, and then the will says, then close your eyes. And I went, Oh yeah, this is our um, Elliot and Mr. Robot moment. Like this is like he's not for this. Um, and but then we cut to uh, the will. I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know if he's super strong. I don't know if he has telekinesis. I don't know if he's just that angry. I don't know if the fishmonger just has a squishy head and then just pushes his head together with between his hands and explodes it. Um, and the the little girl uh, hugs the will and says thank you. As there's some some uh, some some of Hazel's, I don't know, maybe diary, but her narration um, uh, saying essentially that for sure the will was a monster, but there are uh, some monsters are worse than others. So I thought what what's happening here is like we are typically in this narrative would celebrate the hero rescuing the girl. But Hazel reminds us he's not clean. Right. And he's got blood on his face as, as it says he's a monster and and but there are worse monsters. And so it's I like the shades of gray a lot that he is still not a, a, a hero, but he's not 
the worst monster out there. Um, and I think it defines someone who as who would hurt children as the worst monsters, which makes me fear for Hazel's life. Not necessarily, I don't know if, I don't think it's like foreshadowing like she's going to be abducted in that way, like with the fishmonger kind of character. But I'm like, yes, I think that the people who would go after children are the worst monsters. And there's a lot of layers to that. It's all really unsettling. What did you think of all that? Um, yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. Um, I, I'm going to bring up <laughs> other podcasts because you brought up Mr. Robot. Uh, yeah. So Ryan and I podcasted all of Mr. Robot. Um, they're out there. You can go find it. Um, uh, and one of the things we talked about a lot was the idea that um, you're not always the good guy. Like you always kind of, we always kind of always think we're the good guy in every story and we're we're not and yeah. one of the things this book does that a lot of comic books that you just don't see in comics is blur those lines yeah. and it's it's why it's part of why I really really love it no character is innocent yeah save maybe the child Everybody has their moments of like, oh, this guy's not who I thought he was. He's he's a good guy. And don't worry, they're all coming. Like everybody gets moments like this. Mm -hmm. But then they also get the moments where they're they're fucking awful. They're awful people. And like I I love that you get to see that early on with the will, especially knowing what his mission is. Mm -hmm. But um but yeah, it, it's just one of the reasons why I love this book. You just don't see this a lot in comics. Even with things like anti-heroes, you know, people love the fucking Punisher and Venom and all of these blurred line characters. But even then, like, they have clearly defined, like, moral compasses. Even if that moral compass includes, like, I only kill bad people. Yeah. Yeah. The will does not. <laughs> Nope, that's well. very that's that's good. I like I like all of that. Um, I am I am running out of time, unfortunately. So I'm gonna push us along towards the end. We've only got a few pages left. Um, so what we have next is Alana and Marco and Hazel uh, in the daytime. They were waiting for um, their ghost friend to be able to come back because we found out she can only appear uh, in At the night. moonlight. Which is super funny, the conversation about, like, is it, like, which moonlight? I think, like, is yeah. it just based like, on this planet? Yeah. <laughs> planet we're at? It's very funny. Um, it's like, who's on first, but for ghosts? Um, and so, um, but essentially, a um, a, a royal Vondertank, Vondertank um, which Alana used to, to pilot one of the turrets. She's pretty bad, eh, man? Um, is has appeared uh, out of nowhere. It's been it's come in under a veil of silence um, and is above them, and they're freaking out. What's going to happen? Um, and and Alana asks, what other choice do we have but to try to run for the tunnels? And Marco says, the last one, and this panel where the his sword, the chain on his sword breaks, uh, it makes the cool shatink noise, you can just hear it, and then the big splash at the end, we fight, and the sword is out, and it is glowy, and they are looking very seriously into the sky. Um, it's a great to be continued. I cannot imagine if this was your first issue, like, you're like, give me issue five immediately. Yep. Um, and so you and me may actually record in 24 hours to to talk about it um and so um it's such it's a it's a very exciting ending very much a cliffhangery thing um i will say this felt like one of those uh episodes of a tv show that sort of moves pieces along um and adds some character flavor but doesn't move the plot a whole lot um but it does everything so well there's so much nuance in some it of the a lot of seeds that you you'll see come to fruition but it won't be for quite a while See, that's that's super exciting. I love that. And I love that. That's what I'm looking for in the story at this point is all those seeds. Um, and so no, no sextillion jokes uh, <laughs> intended. <laughs> um, so uh, so every week we ask one question um, and that, that we try to answer. What is your favorite page and or panel uh, of the issue? Do you have one, Logan? Um, yeah, it's probably it's probably not going to be what you think it is. But um, the the. Uh, fucking monster panel yeah. and our page is is my favorite 
It's very good. It's it's so well done. And so it's mo- emotionally impactful and really, really good. So that's that's a great pick. I weirdly enough went with a single panel um, and not a huge splash this time around. <laughs> Um, but when he takes the sword out and the chain breaks, um, that, that last, it's next to last panel. And he says, that's the last one. It says, Shatink, that whole thing, everything about it, it was such a hero moment. Like, you know, what's kind of, I know the next page is going to be the splash, but that panel gets me so excited. I'm just, that's it. That's it for me. I was yeah. like, oh, this is it. Um, and so no matter what happens after this, this moment was such a cool moment. Um, so that's probably my favorite panel of the issue for sure. Yeah. Um, I love the Shades of Grey stuff with the will, so I, I just, it's creepy as that whole thing is. Uh, I just, I loved it, so. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, let's, um, so for, let's wrap it up then this week. Uh, we are on all the podcatchers, even ones you might not like this week. Um, and maybe apparently we can't be found. Who knows? We're out there. We're on iTunes. Check us out. Um, but definitely just go to xwingfiles.com because we're there. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at film dispenser, like a Pez dispenser for movies. Um, Logan, anywhere, anything else, any podcast you're doing, you want to promote or anything? Uh, no, everything's over at X-Wing Files. Um, if you feel like you need to email, you can email xwingfiles at gmail.com. Um, I know email's kind of fallen out of favor, so. But, you know, if you're one of those people, uh, that's an email address that never gets any email, so. <laughs> my my DMs are open on Twitter. If you have to want to send a message there, that's fine. Until you start getting crazy, then I'll close them. <laughs> But, um, but they are open if you have questions or want us to talk about anything from any issue of the book. Just, you know, no spoilers, please, because I have not read ahead. I'd appreciate that. But uh, I think everyone, as we talked about in the beginning of this episode, I'm not too worried about this fandom. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. This has been another issue issue episode of Brian K. Pod, the only podcast on the Internet hosted by Logan and myself, Spencer, about Brian K. Vaughn and his work. Um, so thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. And we'll ride it long enough if they let you. This is a family matter, the casualties after the intergalactic battle.